Back on VEASAN's primetime action right here on MSG+. Plus. So glad you could hang out with us tonight and stick with us. It's Gil Alexander, Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin, Danielle Alvari is off tonight. I uh, hope she feels better and is back with us tomorrow. Uh, you know how the NFL uh, schedule is in, in its entirety was supposed to have been released right now at 8 p.m. Eastern, uh, 5 p.m. Pacific to much fanfare? Apparently, it is Leak they're, City everywhere. They're, 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 these things have been out. People have already broken them down. Like, people yeah. have already broken them down and everything. Like, like it is, everything was known. Official team accounts yeah, already, yeah. already putting out the team schedules. We'll give you some highlights momentarily, but Kelly with all the updates going around sports now. Yeah, starting the NBA, the Hawks still leading the Wizards. Uh, 47-43, five minutes left to go in the first half. Hawks, six and a half point live favorites, 237 and a half is your live total over in major league baseball phillies up on the nats one nothing top of the fourth phillies minus 190 live nationals plus 155 six and a half live total in that game cardinals and brewers still scoreless top of the second the royals still with that lead over the tigers two to one bottom of the third now uh royals minus 210 live tigers plus 170 eight and a half the total in that one. Uh, A's and Red Sox all tied at one, still top of the third inning now. The Red Sox minus 170 live, A's plus 149.5 the live total. Yankees and Rays still scoreless, uh, top of the fourth inning now. And uh, Yankees minus 150 live, Rays plus 124.5 your live total in that game. Blue Jays and Braves scoreless, bottom of the third. If you wanted to hop in live, Braves minus 140. Uh, Blue Jays plus 110 and five and a half the live total. Rockies with a 2-1 lead over the Padres, top of the third inning. Rockies minus 170 live. Padres plus 148 and a half live total. Thank you, Kelly. Uh, Phil Jates over at ESPN. Obviously, the schedule uh, coming out now uh, with his notable dates coming up in the 2021-22 uh, NFL schedule. Week four, Tom Brady's return to New England. There you go, everybody. Tom Brady going back to Foxborough week four. Uh, week one, we mentioned the Sam Darnold Bowl as uh, the Jets travel to Carolina. Carolina favored by four and a half over DraftKings. Week seven, uh, quarterback swap matchup, Lions and Rams. So the Stafford golf trade head-to-head in week seven. Week nine, Cam Newton is back at the Panthers. Uh, week 16, Christmas games, Cleveland at Green Bay, Indianapolis at Arizona. And then week four, you got the old number one picks from the last two drafts facing off in Trevor Lawrence versus Joe Burrow, the Jaguars, and the Bengals on Thursday night football week number four. Pretty interesting. Doubleheader on Christmas. Yeah, just Dub- mentioned. Yeah. Dub- doubleheader on Christmas. That's going to be the, the Packers and the Browns, which would have been, I think, when they made this and, and thinking it would be a... You know, Aaron Rodgers versus yeah. But that's uh, that's uh, yeah. who knows? Maybe, maybe. I mean, it could be. Yeah. It certainly could be. Three games on Thanksgiving as well. Once again, uh, that's become a tradition. No longer the Dallas Detroit situation of our of our youth. I just want to say one other thing here. You know, here we are, the day that the NFL schedule is being released, and as we mentioned earlier, DraftKings and we went through them had all the lines for Week One, and here we are. What is it? May eleventh, and I just want to let people know this is kind of new to sports betting history in this country. Ten years ago, uh, Andrew Garud, who was a British derivative trader, was the lead developer of the Midas algorithm over at what was Cantor Gaming at the time. He was the first person to ever put out all the NFL game lines in advance months before the season started. 
And it was a very revolutionary thing in this country in legalized sports books to do that. People are like, what do you mean you're putting out lines all this way before? How would you know what a week seven line should be and a week lane, a week eight line, a week nine line? But it was very, very rote, very standard for leagues to be treated that way in the UK. And now, today, here we are 10 years later, right, in, in 2021, and we're like, of course they put out the lines for week one today. Of course we're going to have more lines after this. Just another way that sports betting has evolved and what we've come to know and expect with sports betting. Um, manifesting here 10 years after it was deemed completely wacko to have done that here. Any other highlights that you're looking at I'm here? trying to find out. And yeah. I'm just I'm confirming here on one thing that could be pretty interesting, and it does look like... Um, so we're looking at, it looks like the 49ers have a week six buy. Hmm. Hold that thought for a second, because that's interesting. Always interested where the buys are. Gil Alexander, Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin tonight on VEASAN's prime time action on MSG+. Plus. Roll with that thought, if you would, sir. Yeah, so it looks as if, it does look like. So what you're telling me is Trey Lance starts week seven. That's where I was going with that. <laughs> where's, is, let me ask you this: Where's the Bears buy? When does Justin so, yeah, Fields start? I know that's where. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm looking here. Yes, yeah, so they do. So they have the the 49ers have a week six buy. That is like perfect timing. Yeah. Is it? I mean, if that was the Bears, I would say it's perfect timing, right? Yeah. Niners is still a little too early, maybe. Well, I guess I'm saying perfect timing if you wanted to. If you wanted to take a flyer on rookie of the year, if you wanted to, you know, any kind of anything like yeah. that, because he would still then at that point have enough of a body of work to to possibly, you know, get in on something like that. Um, yeah, I mean, week six, they are sitting. So they play the Lions, Eagles, Packers, Seahawks, and then the Cardinals, then a bye. So if you look at that, and if you assume that they're going to be, I mean, we think they'll be good with, since they're nice and healthy. Um, you know, they beat the Lions, they beat the Eagles. If it's if it's no Aaron Rodgers, they beat the Packers. Then maybe you know they split the games right there. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe then it's tough actually to turn to Lance in Week Seven because Let, you could you could in theory be sitting four and one. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Let the schedule crunching begin, and uh, bookmakers now it'll be interesting how if season win totals adjust with some of these, like a team that has perhaps three straight road games or a team that starts particularly. Uh, difficult with a difficult schedule that is. Remember, the Giants have had a history of that. Like they just had brutal starts in recent years to their schedule. Uh, let's bring in uh, one of our favorites from DraftKings. He's a PGA and NFL analyst over there at DK. You can follow him on Twitter at Reed T Fowler. That's Reed R E I D. Coincidentally, ladies and gentlemen, it's Reed Fowler. How you doing, Reed? Hey guys, how's, how's it going? Going very well. Do you have schedule fever, Reed? You can be honest. <laughs> I mean. First, it was NFL draft, right? I had NFL draft fever on the mind. And look, this is like a, another benchmark for us in the industry when the schedule comes out. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm excited. Uh, I, I'm just waiting to see who the Las Vegas Raiders, this is my team. I want to see who we're, uh, we're going to go up against. And I know Monday night, right? We got Monday night in that first game, I think, right? Yep. Salmon and Buccaneers? Yeah. Uh, no. That's exciting. No. no. Raiders, Raiders first Monday oh, night. No, excuse me, Ravens. Ravens at the Raiders first Monday night. Yes. Right, right, right. Excuse me about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, I'm very excited. All right. Um, is this something? Last question about football here for me. But is this something that you yeah. would bet far in advance, or does the way your betting mind work? You're like, okay, that's all interesting. I'll show up for football when it's that time. 
Yeah, I think with the schedule releases, I think you want to wait just to kind of let the dust settle, right? Because every sports book you guys know is going to overreact, especially when the Dallas Cowboys schedule comes out, the Las Vegas Raiders, the New England Patriots. I think for me personally, I like to wait and let the dust settle a little bit. It's the same with golf as well, right? The, the, the golf odds, it's a little bit different in the sense of you want to get those a little bit early, but you also want to wait until, dust, until the dust settles in the NFL because I think – so much overreaction happens. We're, not, we're, we're talking about or prognosticating on which, which schedules are the best, which is are the worst. So I like to let the dust settle and wait until it gets a little bit closer um, to make any bets. Reed, as we look here and um, we head into the, the tune-up here for the major, yeah. we're looking at a TPC Craig Ranch. It is a course that we have not seen before, at least on the PGA Tour. There's yeah. been a couple of, been a couple of, you know, there's a nationwide tour event there in 2008, 2012. There's a web.com mm-hmm. tour there and whatnot, but we haven't seen it anyway on the PGA Tour. We do know they've been, you know, they've been a bunch of Bermuda grass greens that we've been having here recently. This one's going to be bent grass. We at least do know that. We know there's going to be Yep. A lot of water in play. There is, you know, that that creek in that course, that 14 different holes, I think, that it shows up on. So there's a little bit of that, fairly long in 7,400 yards. So we do know at least something about all of this. I have heard I have hy- heard some hypothesis here, and I want to get your opinion on this, and maybe you even heard mm-hmm. something from some people that, that you've talked to as well, that, you know, with this being a new course, with this being kind of a tune-up event, they don't want to make this thing – incredibly tough, right? I mean, they don't want to set this thing up so hard for these players that nobody wants to show up the week before right. a major, that they don't want to go out here and like lose confidence and things like that. And so I've heard a lot of people expect that this could be a birdie fest tournament. Um, again, this is all just people. We, we haven't seen the course. We haven't seen how it's going to play. We haven't seen how it's going to be set up. But there's a lot of people out there who are kind of leaning towards the fact that this could be a pretty good, a lot of people could go low here. What do you think? Yeah, I completely agree. When you look at when you take a look at this course, right back in when, when it was 2008, 2012, when it was the 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 Web.com, but now Corn Ferry Tour, Tour it was a championship uh, tournament there. These guys shot 16, 17 under respectively in those two years, and that played as a par 71. So one of the holes now that there was there was a long par four. They're making it a, a essentially a short par five for the pros, and these guys are looking their chops, right? You got four uh, par fives. It's you know relatively you know long, but for these guys not that not that tough. It's an open it's an open style layout, right? It has that American links and, and that you know I use the air quotes with the, with the American links because you know I think we try, especially in the state of Texas, to have American style links, but we don't really, you know we don't see it unless it's you know a course that that we see in a major. But yeah, I think this is a course where a lot of the guys are going to make a lot of birdies, and we might see a minus twenty, minus twenty-four. What we've seen earlier in the season, um, that type of tournament come through, especially with these guys. What sixteen of the top fifty ranked golfers are at this tournament? This is rare for what we see uh, pre the, the tournament pre-major, right? We usually see the guys either at the course or getting prepped at their their home facilities for the major. But now we have a lot of guys coming through. Um, and playing this course, and I think it's going to be nice. I think Craig Ranch is a is a place where you're going to get um, some some tests on some of the longer par fours. There's some short par fours as well, but I think it's going to be one where we're going to see a lot of birdies. We're, of course, talking about the Byron Nelson uh, one week before golf's second major, the PGA Championship in South Carolina. Uh, as for the Byron Nelson, Reed, 
Uh, Bryson DeChambeau and John Rahm, your short shots uh, to win the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, where did you go here? What did you bet, either outrights or derivative markets? Yeah. Yeah, I think with the outrights, this one's tough. The reason why is because when you have the top, these top guys um, at the board, right? The, the top, like I mentioned, like well, when DJ was there, it was a little bit, a little bit tougher. But what you see there is the value down the board. It, it's tough to really get a ton of value down the boards because so much win equity is soaked up at the top, right? You look at those guys, and you could easily see any one of those players. You know, Bryson Roms, even Speed to that extent, right? Speed's nine to one right now in the DK Sportsbook plus nine hundred. Scotty Scheffler drifted down. He was he opened, I believe, at plus twenty five hundred, and now he's down to eighteen. What you get is so much win equity at the top. Early in the week, I think Scotty Scheffler, his number when DJ was still up at plus twenty five hundred was nice. I think it's drifted a little bit too far down now at plus eighteen hundred. I'm going I'm going back to Will Zalatoris. At plus twenty eight hundred, I know I, he was someone that I liked last week. He missed the cut. Could be some of that Masters hangover. First tournament back after finishing, uh, you know, been very high. You know, almost uh, uh, almost uh, taking away Fuzzy Zeller's record of the first debutant to win since him since seventy nine. But I like Will Zalatoris here. He's a Texas kid. You're going to hear that a lot if you haven't heard it already. Is that Texas born or Texas uh, you know, affiliated players? Uh, do do well in Texas because of the style of, of golf. So I think Will Zalatoris at plus 2,800 is someone that I'd, I'd be, if I was betting the top of the board, someone that I would like. And then Jason Day is someone else at plus 6,000. Now he's drifted up. Uh, he was he opened, I believe, at plus 55, and now he's at 60 to 1. I think he's really interesting here. So if it's not Texas players that play well in Texas, it's Australian golfers. A similar style layout that these guys have in Australia. We've seen Mark Leishman do well in Texas. Cam Smith, I believe, has done well in Texas. We've seen, you know, Stephen Bowditch won, you know, this tournament when it was at the Four Seasons, um, you know, a handful of years back. We've seen a lot of Australian players do well in Texas. So I do like Jason Day at 60-1 to 1 as well for this tournament. And you can get if you want a top five or, or play some derivatives with him as well, I think that's completely fine because he's someone I think can do well here, even though – he missed a cut uh, in, in his, uh, at Quill Hollow last week. He's gaining strokes now with his iron back-to-back tournament, so I like that. And, and his top five, I believe, is 9-1. to one. So, Reed, I uh, I was on Rory last week. The number had just mm-hmm. moved a ton, and you know, there's that's kind of one of the things about about sports betting. You have to know when to to, to be able to buy low, you know. And, and and I think that we got to yeah. a point where that number had just gotten way out of whack. Especially if you looked at kind of his underlying stats as well. He wasn't that far off. It was just you know we're we're used to seeing Rory win a lot. He just wasn't winning a lot, and and, and it finally come back around. Um, yeah. So the same thing could be said here as we look. You look down these odds, and Brooks Kepka is sitting twenty three to one right now, and you know Brooks. Kepka, it's the week yeah. before a, a week before a major leading in here. The difference here, though, is Rory just wasn't playing well. He had kind of lost his swing. Brooks Kepka, this is an injury situation. I've heard a lot of people say, like, well, the numbers floated too high. You got to play Brooks at twenty three to one. And my thing is, like, I think it's it, it's you're kind of comparing apples and oranges here. Like, like Rory mm-hmm. just was he just had something wrong with his swing. He found it, he put it back together, got a new swing coach, was able to go and do that. We're looking. I mean, you know, my last memory of, of Brooks is like him having trouble bending over. You know, I mean, like it's just I, I don't I don't think just because the numbers got into twenty three to one. We should overlook the fact that this guy was like having trouble bending over a month ago. Yeah, um, you know his win at the waste management was nice, right? And that's sort of going into line with what you said about Rory. Is Brooks at the waste management was fifty-five to one? Uh, you know, yeah, a, a bet that I hit 
um, because the, the same the, it's the same narrative, right? If fifty five to one Brooks, if he finds something along the lines of of what he did and then what Rory did last week, then that's that's too much value. And that's what I was saying about Rory pre tournament uh, last week is that you know once he hits because he's going to be teetering around this number at eighteen, you know sixteen, maybe if he top tens the following week he'll he'll be you know fourteen fifteen to one. But he was in that range where you're saying if, once this guy wins. And we're not going to see this number, especially Rory, for the next 12 months. Um, he's going to have to have another cataclysmic drop like he did uh, to get that. And, uh, you know, you don't, want, you don't want to see that happen. But with Brooks, like, he's someone, too, that's he's, he's the enigma right now, right? He's, he's a guy that, that he, you know, he's got a runner-up at the, at the WGC when it was in, at the concessions in Florida. He gained a ton of strokes with his irons, a ton of strokes putting, but then he missed the cut at the Masters, you know, two months later because I think he just came back too early. Um, now, hopefully everything's okay. He wants to he wants to come out and prep for the PGA Championship. I wouldn't be backing him this week. You know, I, I'm with you in, in, that, in, in the fact that I don't think he's exactly there, but he's played well in the state of Texas. We know that he's played, I believe, this tournament specifically a few years back. He came runner-up at, you know, at I believe when it was at Trinity Forest in 2018. So, you know, he's someone that, that can play well at this course. We just haven't seen it, um, or no, excuse me, 2016 at the Byron Nelson. And then he also finished, you know, second at the Valero in 2017. So he's played well in the state. I just, you know, I'm with you. I don't see it right now, even though the number's tantalizing at 23-1. to 1. I'd just rather see what he can do now. And then if you like what he's doing now, then look at his number, his outright at the PGA Championship. That could be something that you could take a look at as potentially hitting it before. Because right now, the PGA Championship, he's 20 to 1. So if you see form on Thursday or Friday, that number might not be there right now. So that's something that I would rather go to, that his number at 20 to 1 at the PGA Championship is only three points less than his number here at this tournament. That's the part where I would take advantage of, not this tournament specifically. Reed, since you bring up the PGA Championship, might as well yeah. ask you here in our final couple minutes. It's obviously at the Ocean Course, Kiowa Island, South Carolina. Yeah. Next week, golf's second major of the year. Love the new schedule of majors, not what we're used to uh, in most of our golf betting lives. Uh, who you got? Who have you made bets on already? Yeah, so uh, the, someone that I really like coming in early is uh, Justin Rose is, is tantalizing at 40-1. to 1. I'll probably pass. I had a lot of Justin Rose. Uh, at the Masters, and he, you know, he was. I, I thought, you know, earlier, early in the week, that was a pretty good bet. He's someone that's interesting on coastal courses, but I think that number's a little bit too short. I think Harris English, though, at sixty-six to one right now, I placed an outright on him. He's someone when you take a look at coastal courses, especially in this region of the country, Harris English shows up, and he's someone too that has been on and off this entire season. He, you know, he won the Tournament of Champions at the very onset um, out there in Kapolu in Hawaii. Hasn't really got back to form. We saw a nice uh, rebound at the Masters in uh, that time frame, but he just hasn't really had a, you know, a rebound from uh, really where he was the latter part of last season, early this season. I think 66-1 to 1 for Harris English, that might even get higher, too as the week progresses or as we get closer. So you, you don't have to necessarily get it right now. I think that's someone that I'm really, really interested in. Gary Woodland at 8,000, so 80 to 1 right now, is also someone I'm interested in. And watch her Siwoo Kim. Siwoo Kim right now is at, is at 80. You know, when you get this type of course, right, on Kiwa Island, 
He's someone that could drift later on in the week. I think he's playing this week. If he doesn't do well, he's also someone that his number could drift a little bit more towards the triple digits. If that's the case, he's also someone that I'm very, very intrigued in. We know that he's a big game hunter. He loves these type of courses. And so, uh, Siwoo Kim, I'm waiting right now uh, on the Siwoo Kim number. Maybe put half right now at 80 of what you would want to bet, and then save the other half if that number drifts up so you can dollar cost average and get the, get the, get the number um, if it starts to drift a little bit. But those are the guys that I'm looking at right now. Reed, appreciate it very much, man. Always great checking in with you, and good luck with all your bets this week and beyond, sir. All right, guys. Good luck. Take care. You too. Reed Fowler from DraftKings, uh, PGA and NFL analyst over there. Again, you can follow him on Twitter. Reed T. Fowler, that's R-E-I-D. Uh, and the ladies uh, lost out tonight. They didn't get to see Reed on camera. So there This you is go. very unfortunate. It's tough. It's tough. Uh, when we come back, let's do this. By the way, we want to get your golf picks because Kelly uh, and you, Matt, have uh, done your modeling for the Byron Nelson. You guys have made bets. We'll get to those here momentarily. Uh, I'll even uh, throw in some tennis picks if you're interested in some clay court tennis tomorrow from Rome, Italy, both on the men's side and the women's side. We got nothing but picks, and then the great Brent Musburger will join us, among other things, with his first reactions to the NFL schedule announcement tonight. All of that tonight on VEASAN's Primetime Action. Back to Visa's primetime action on a Wednesday night live from the South Point Hotel Casino right here in Las Vegas, Nevada. Gil Alexander, Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin on air tonight. Danielle will uh, be back with us tomorrow night. Um, Monday night schedule, if we could go through some of those games. We already mentioned week one Monday night is the Ravens at the Raiders. Ravens uh, started off as a six-point road favorite, trickled down to five and a half, now a five-point road favorite at the Raiders, who get to have fans for the first time at Allegiant Stadium here on uh, the 15 in uh, Las Vegas. Week 2, Detroit at Green Bay. We assume that it's Aaron Rodgers, but maybe we shouldn't assume that. NFC North clash, Jared Goff at the Packers. Uh, week 3, Philly at Dallas. It's an NFC East clash. Week 4, the Raiders are back on Monday Night Football twice in the first four weeks. Raiders are at the Chargers. Uh, Then it's the Colts at the Ravens week five, Bills at Titans week six, Monday night. These are all Monday nights. Saints at Seahawks uh, week seven, Giants at Chiefs in week eight. That spread ought to be a thousand. Yeah. (laughs) Week nine, Bears at Steelers. Here we go. Rams at 49ers week 10. That's probably the best of the bunch so far. Giants again on Monday night, week 11. There you go, Giants fans, this time at the Bucks. So the Giants, in a span of four weeks midseason, will be at the Chiefs and at the Bucks on national television. Enjoy, New York Giants fans. I've got the, Gil, I've got the Sunday night schedule in front of me here, too. This is out. I don't see the Giants anywhere on Sunday night football, though. Week well, one, you got Bear, Bears at Chargers. Week two is Chiefs at Ravens. That's a good Sunday night game right there. Uh, week three, Packers at the Niners. Week four, Bucks at the Patriots. Week five, 
Uh, Bills at the Chiefs, Week 6. Ooh, that's a great one. Seahawks at the Steelers, Week 7. Colts at the Niners, Week 8. Cowboys at the Vikings, Week 9. Titans at the Chargers. These are way better than the Monday night games. Yeah, these are good. Week 10, Chiefs at the Raiders, Week 11. Steelers at the... I'm sorry, I messed up Chargers and Rams logo, so this is horrible. Oh, there you Week 11, Steelers at the Chargers. Mm. Week 1 was Bears at Rams. Week 9, Titans at Rams. Jeez. Week 12, <laughs> Browns at the Ravens. Week 13, 49ers at the Seahawks. Week 14, Bears at the Packers. Week 15, Saints at the Bucks. Week 16, Washington at the Cowboys. There you go. Week 17, Vikings at the Packers. And Week 18, TBD. Uh, and since Kelly so rudely interrupted my Monday night flow, let me continue oh, with sorry, the Monday night finished. schedule. I just got so wrapped up in the Giants <laughs> having to play at Kansas City and at Tampa Bay on Monday night twice in four weeks. Uh, week 12, Seattle at Washington. There you go. There's something. Week 13, New England at Buffalo AFC East Clash. Week 14, Monday night, Rams at Cardinals. Week 15, Vikings at Bears. Little NFC North battle. Week 16, Dolphins at Saints. Interconference. And then week 17, Cleveland at Pittsburgh. Remember, there's no Monday night game week 18. So there you go. Amount of primetime games by team. There we go. Let's aggregate it all. Green Bay, New Orleans, Dallas, Seattle, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, the Rams, San Francisco, Kansas City, Tampa Bay, all have five. Show-offs. Chicago, Minnesota, Las Vegas, Indianapolis, Buffalo have four. The Giants. Why does Las New Vegas? England. Why does Las Vegas get four? I, I, I listen. Notice, notice my pause. Yes, no, yes. No, and, and I get Chicago. You might have Fields. Yeah. You might, you know, whatever. Okay. Um, Buffalo, hot team from yeah. last year. Yeah, get that. Um, the Giants, Patriots, Chargers, Tennessee, Cleveland, Arizona, and your Washington football team all have three. Giants should be happy with three. Philadelphia, Miami, two. And then the Jets, the Lions, the Jaguars, the Bengals, the Texans, Carolina, Denver, Atlanta all have one. No one has zero. No one has zero. I think maybe you're obligated to get one or something. I think you are. Um, But uh, a team in the largest market in the country in the Jets only has one primetime game. What, uh, how did you pronounce the Cincinnati team name? Just Bengals. How was that again? The Bengals. The Bengals is the correct pronunciation of that. Uh, they have one as well. One? Joe Burrow and the Bengals have one? One. Wow. All right. So Giants with three, Jets with one primetime. And we just mentioned the poor Giants. Uh, maybe you don't want those two Monday night games again at Kansas City and at Tampa Bay in a four-week stretch. Yikes. What? We'll see. NFC East, I suppose as competitive a division as there is. Everyone is 0-0 before the season starts. We'll get those golf plays from Matt Kelly. We'll get my tennis picks. We'll do that next. Brett Musburger will join us. His reaction to the NFL schedule, perhaps through the lens of the Las Vegas Raiders, as he is the voice of that franchise. Maybe he will object to my objection. How about that? It's Beeson's Primetime Action on MSG+.
If you missed any of our show today or any of the VEASAN broadcasts, be sure to check out our free VEASAN podcast. You can catch up on Follow the Money, a numbers game, or the Lombardi line on the daily VEASAN Best Bets podcast. Also, check in with my Beating the Book pod, Josh Applebaum's Market Insights. Get PGA Tour betting previews on long shots, the Ron Flatter Racing pod, and the NBA scoop with JVT, Jonathan Montobel, on Hardwood Handicappers. Whatever you're betting on, we have a pod for it. Find them all for free at vsin.com slash podcast. That's vsin.com slash podcast. It, it is worth noting, though, how football and the NFL specifically is such a religion in this country that we go nuts for a schedule release. Like, this just doesn't exist in other sports. Like, baseball uh, announces their schedule. Not quite the fanfare. Just shy of this guy. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. All right, Kelly, some updates there. Yeah, starting in the NBA, Wizards on top of the Hawks now, 67-60. to 60. Russell Westbrook at halftime had 25 points, was 4 of 6 from 3, 4 rebounds and 8 assists. So if anybody thought he was going to cool off after setting that record, uh, he said not tonight. He should really pick up the rebounding pace. Yeah, right? Uh, Wizards are 1.5 point live favorites, 234.5 live total in that game. End of the first quarter in Brooklyn, the Nets... Uh, 35, Spurs 20, Nets a 12.5 point live favorite, 232.5 live total. Uh, the Cavs with a first quarter lead over the Celtics, 22-17 to at the end of the first quarter. Unders looking good so far. Uh, Celtics 2.5 point live favorite, 207.5 is your live total. Uh, over Major League Baseball, Phillies still with lead over the Nationals, one to nothing. Bottom of the fifth, Phillies minus 150 live. Nationals plus 120, five and a half the live total in that game. Cardinals and, and Brewers still scoreless in the bottom of the third. Uh, Tigers have tied it up at the Royals, two two in the bottom of the fifth. Tigers minus 120 live. Royals minus 110, seven and a half. The live total in that game. Red Sox and A's tied up in the bottom of the fourth. Red Sox a minus 180 favorite. A's plus 150 and 7.5 the total. Yankees and Rays still scoreless top of the sixth. Uh, Yankees still a live favorite though. Minus 160. Rays plus 130. 3.5 your live total. Shaded to the under. Uh, White Sox with a 2-1 lead over the Twins in the top of the second. Live numbers on that game. White Sox minus 210. Twins plus 170 and 10.5 the total. Astros with a 3-0 lead over the Angels in the top of the second. Uh, Angels plus 450 if you wanted to hop in on them live. 10.5 the live total. Braves with a 1-0 lead over the Blue Jays in the bottom of the fifth. And the Rockies with that 2-1 lead still over the Padres, top of the fifth. Rockies are minus $2 favorites live, and Padres plus 195. One hockey game has started. Maple Leafs at the Senators. Scoreless first period action. Four minutes left to go in the first. So you pronounce hockey like you should pronounce the Atlanta Hawks, and then you go oppo on the Hawks, and you pronounce it like Hawks. So, uh, you guys got me all messed up in my head with yeah, that. Hockey Hawks. By the way, the Yankees raised scoreless game. I mean, this is a... Mano a manos between Garrett Cole and the combination of Colin McHugh and Ryan Yarbrough. Yankees have two hits. Rays have three in a 0-0 game in the sixth. And that Celtic score you gave, Kelly, I mean, you'd listen to that. I know it's early. They could easily blow out the Cavs tonight. But, man, the only thing preventing the Celtics from not even making the play in is the end of the season. Just staggering to the finish line. What a mark they yeah. are come play in time. Man, these are the Celtics 30% from the field, 6 of 20 to start. The Cavs uh, 39% from the field, 9 of 24 to start. What an exciting basketball game. 
All right. You guys bet golf. You bet it very seriously. You run models. You have been spectacular this calendar year. Mateo, what are you betting the Byron Nelson, man? Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be pretty light for me. I've actually been looking forward. I've been trying to look forward to the PGA, actually, with, with this. There shouldn't be a lot more markets available for us here in Nevada. So I've been trying to kind of like forecast where where that's going to be. So a li- pretty light card for me, Kelly. I don't know what you went and, and kind of, again, with this course, us having no course history here whatsoever, yeah. us not really know how it's going to be laid out, really not knowing how this is going to play. I did a little bit of driving distance, a little bit of approach. I focused a lot on birdie or better. I focused a lot on opportunities. I focused a lot on – I actually put a little bit – a decent amount into, into putting in this one with them switching surfaces here, and, and which I really normally never do. And that's really about it. And if this, if this thing is going to be a birdie fest and this thing's going to be – you know, I was looking for a lot of guys who just have these, these capabilities to go super low. And – um, that's really all I kind of focused on this week. So a, a much lighter card for me this week. I'm on Matt Fitzpatrick. I'm on uh, Daniel Berger. I'm on Tom Hoagie. I'm on Patton Kazire. And uh, going back to my boy Sam Burns, who's playing, I think, you know, about as good as golf as, as anybody. And we're talking about dudes that can go low, really good at approach, one of the better putters out there right now. Um, again, from the from the south, so may have made it over to Texas to play, you know, in, in kind of the Texas in that tech again, um, where he's from in Shreveport is actually closer to da- the Dallas area. I know everyone always talks about him going to LSU and 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 winning you know the Player of the Year there, but mm-hmm. but where he grew up is actually closer to Dallas than it is even like you know the, the New Orleans area and stuff. So him maybe having some experience getting over in Dallas and playing in those conditions and things like that. Um, I'm on him there, and then I played something I really never play first round leader, and I have Seabass first round leader. I'm I'm, I'm there. You go. Listen. I, I, if this is going to be a birdie fest, we know one thing about Seabass, and we're talking about we're talking about Sebastian Munoz. He is a guy that can go. He, he can go and shoot sixty five. Yeah. Now he might follow that up with a seventy five or eighty five or whatever it might be. But like he can go shoot a 65, 62, 63, 64, something like that. Like he that is in his bag for sure. And we've seen him do it on multiple occasions. And so I'm firing the the very random that I never do first round leader. On uh, Sebastian Munoz this week, uh, you can find it about eighty to one over at DraftKings as well. I think there's some pretty juicy matchups as well. If you want to look at those, uh, I, like I said, I like Matt Fitzpatrick. I like Fitzpatrick over Kepka in matchup. You don't have to pay a, a ton of juice there. I like Patton Kazire over Ricky Fowler, which, by the way, Ricky Fowler's the favorite in that matchup. Okay. Ricky Fowler, yeah, oh, yeah. I like. I really <laughs> like Kazire over over Fowler, and then Sam Burns over Harris English. Who again, we were playing a lot of Harris English earlier, and then his game is just falling apart. Like he is so incredibly out of form, and Sam Burns is probably playing, you know, again as as good as anyone. So you can find that matchup as well, and it's you don't have to pay a lot of juice on Burns either. Yeah, I used uh, I used looked a lot of the same stats you did this week. I lay, wait a little bit more. It sounds like off the tee and approach, but mm-hmm. I looked at birdie or better opportunities gained. I was pretty heavy on those. Uh, Burger's the only one we share, though. I did go, and I was like this week, too. It's probably about half of what I've usually mm-hmm. been betting on tournaments. With no course history here, it's pretty tough. Uh, Outright's Berger, Scheffler, Siwoo Kim I added today, Ryan Palmer, Doug Kim, um, and then some uh, derivatives on those guys, too. Siwoo, top 20, Ryan Palmer, top 20, Doug Kim, top 30. Um, and I actually got into the first... I played first-round leaders. I splashed a little on all my outrights, so we'll see. I, I, think, I, think I might have to play Scheffler just so I'm not the only person in America that doesn't have an outright on I Scheffler. Feel, yeah, I feel like Scheffler Everyone in the whole world has... Yes, everyone in the world has a Scheffler ticket this week. Yep. Gil, let's get to, in. I hate to say we have a one-and-done coming up, but that might have been a portent of things to come. <laughs> Guess who's mine is? Yeah, Scotty Scheffler. That's who mine is. <laughs> there we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
I guess that's two-thirds of our one and done, which we've done all year long. We'll update that. I'll get tennis picks. See if we can't find some more analysis of NFL schedule that was just released tonight. Brent Musburger will join us as well. It's VEASAN's Prime Time Action. the action on DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Just download the app and use promo code VSIN. That's VSIN when you sign up to compete for cash prizes each week. Don't wait. Sign up now and new customers get a deposit bonus of up to 500 United States dollars. That's code VSIN when you sign up. If you're someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Must be 18 years or older. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Gil Alexander, Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin, Danielle off tonight. We hope she feels better. Uh, real quick, one and done in golf, just to uh, follow up with what we had before. One and done, for those unfamiliar, the closest thing to a survivor contest in golf. You're familiar with it probably in the NFL. You use one team in the NFL, can't use them again throughout the season. Same concept in golf. You use one golfer per tournament, can't use that golfer again. Scoring in golf, one and dones based on finishing purse, finishing position and the amount of money that that golfer ends up getting. Kelly Still in the lead, Mateo. He's got his beat. Scotty Scheffler for me, for you, Kelly, as well. Scheffler for me, yeah, and uh, Matt with Daniel Berger. So I, I would have used Berger this week if I didn't burn him already. Me too. Uh, he's he's my favorite play of the week, I, I would say. I, Matt, I don't know about you. I, I would say a lot of my modeling, though, it was really – Really, really heavy. Kind of like you said last week with the top of the – there was about four guys you were looking mm. at. It's DeChambeau, Berger, and Ber- Berger, Rahm, and Scheffler, I would say, were basically yeah. near the top of everything I ran modeling. Yeah, I, and now I have to now I have to bet Scheffler because now it, this has to be the ultimate life hedge for me. That's like, right. Yeah, I, oh, that's, that's right. Yeah. Now I have to do this. Like, Can't like, walk in here Monday with Scheffler winning. Yeah, yeah and, and then y'all – yeah, y'all rock it up the leaderboard <laughs> and I don't have any money to show for it. So, all right, well, on break, you know, there we go. <laughs> Yeah, we'll be making that bet. I'm drafting Kelly in uh, one and done. Just following behind him. Whatever you (laughs) get, I get. All right, uh, tennis. Today was a banner day uh, in terms of our tennis bets on the uh, radio side, on a numbers game at VEASAN. Um, Yesterday, it's always tough because the matches, obviously, in Europe are in the middle of the night American time, by and large. A little better for the East Coast than the uh, West Coast. But this morning, uh, Vera Zvonareva is a plus 258 dog outright winner over Petra Kvitova. I had Nadia Podoroska plus the games against Arena. She actually won outright. Had Yannick Sinner plus the games against Rafael Nadal. He covered. So it was just a clean sweep in tennis. Tonight, again, American time tonight. So while you are sleeping, much of this will happen. I am on, I'm on both Zvonareva and Podoroska on the women's side again. Vera Zvonareva, a plus-132 dog, this time against Karolina Pliskova. That is supreme value, as is Nadia Podoroska at minus-113 against Petra Martic. I know some of these names might not be familiar to you, but trust me, the money spends the same. On the men's side, I have one dog play as well. I'm going with Del Bonus at plus-117 over Felix Auger Aliasim. A much more well-known name in tennis, but Del Bonus. All of these, like with the Del Bonus pick, uh, all of these three based on clay court data that I compile over the, the previous six months, over the previous year, and then play the value. 
on this clay in Rome, Italy, the Italian Open. By the way, if you wanted to do money line parlays, I also added Svatek on the lady side, uh, as well as uh, Zverev on the men's side, and I can't remember who the sec- who the third one was on the uh, on the lady side. But there's three parlay legs which we just flashed up. Um, so if you want to get frisky, you can play those. But the three outrights: Zvonareva, Podoroska on the lady side, and on the men's side, Del Bonis. One note coming through, guys: the Patriots are the only team in the league that will face three teams coming off of a bye. Oh, how fortunate! So. Uh, <laughs> So that's uh that's not great for Patriots, you know. All, all, three different teams are gonna be rested up f- facing them this year. So uh, interesting that they're the only team that will face uh, three teams coming off of a bye. But no uh, one will shed a tear. No, no one is going to care one bit. All right, let's start with the NFC East. These are team by team schedules. We'll try to get through all four divisions. Not try, we will. Get through all four divisions tonight. Let's start with the NFC East and the New York football giants, who, of course, finished 6-10 and 10 last year straight up. By the way, for betters, they were much better, 9-7 and seven against the spread. Uh, but as we mentioned, Broncos is where they start. Uh, then it's a division game at Washington, a short week at Thursday. So immediately a quick turnaround on the road at the big, bad Washington defense. Uh, and then just at a glance here, rather than go through every single game, Looks to me like it gets really, they got a buy in week 10 and before and after the buy, it looks pretty brutal. Uh, first of all, they have the Rams in week six, just talking about the tougher games they at Dallas, then the Rams weeks five and six, then week eight at the Chiefs on Monday night. Uh, after the buy in week 10, it's at Bucks, home Eagles, at Dolphins, at Chargers. So it is tough for the Giants. And as we mentioned earlier, there's a two Monday night game stretch in a span of four weeks. The Chiefs and the Bucks. although we're not showing the Bucks as a Monday night there, it is right after the bye. Can we can, – okay, uh, also week one, uh, that line is already out. So the Giants are point-and-a-half dogs to the Broncos as we sit right now. 42-and-a-half is the total – in that one, Gil. No uh, respect. No o- respect. Over at DraftKings, win total is seven uh, for the Giants. The over is actually juiced to minus 130 as we sit. I mean, if we take a look right now, I mean, I think the Broncos game's pretty winnable for I them, to be honest with you. I think that it, we're assuming they don't make a move for Aaron Rodgers between now and, yes. and week one. But <laughs> if they right. do, then we can change our opinion. We are reserved to be able to change our opinion here. I think that's a pretty winnable game. Whenever you look at we don't really know what the week four version of the Saints is going to look like. I mean, maybe Jameis is way better than we thought, or you know, maybe he's way worse than we thought. We don't really know what that is. So, I mean, I think that's at least a toss-up whenever you look at that. Um, Panthers certainly should be a, a, a pretty, pretty winnable game. So we're looking at three. Raiders should be at least winnable looking at four. Eagles should be winnable five. Go down a little bit further and do no, another one with the Eagles. What version of the of the Bears do you get in seventeen? And then uh, you know a couple of toss ups there with the Cowboys as well. I mean, I think that the I think the seven win total is very appropriate. I do too. Um, I wouldn't bet it one way or the other. I don't think that that's anything that I want to be a part of at all because I think whenever you I just counted on my hands that was nine games that were that we consider to be pretty winnable, right? Like pretty pretty winnable games, and so that to me. Seven seems about fair, seems about right. I don't think there's anything that we can do with the, with the Giants here from a betting aspect. Yeah, because as, as many might be winnable, there are also some that seem to be pretty pretty good losses too, right? At Chiefs, at Bucks, yeah. at Chargers. I mean, the schedule does them no favors at points. There's your Giants, though, trying to improve on the 6-10 and 10 and get a season win total at 7. We both agree, not bettable one way or the other. 
Uh, let's move on in the uh, NFC East from DraftKings. Again, these odds all provided by DraftKings. Uh, let's go to the Dallas Cowboys, who are the short shot to win the NFC East at plus 125. By the way, the, the uh, Giants were just north of $3. Cowboys season win total, remember, it's 17 games this year, is set at 9.5. Uh, they open, as we mentioned, first game of the season, Thursday night at the Bucks, where they are six-point dogs are the Cowboys. But Moved it's at, six and a half now. Six and a half, thank yeah. you. At Bucks, at Chargers to start the season. Ouch. Were those two. Uh, then Eagles at home on Monday night. And then it gets a little soft, but at early buy in week seven. Yeah, so yeah, Bucks, six and a half point favorites as we sit right now. 52 the total in that one. I will say in an incredibly way too early in a very much <laughs> just reactionary thing. That seems like a lot of points. You're way too early pick of the night. Yeah, like that seems like a lot of points in that one. I would probably, if I had to bet this thing, I would be betting the under on that. And then, of course, the win total for the Cowboys set at nine and a half. The under is actually juiced to minus 130 if you're looking for the under on the win total there. I mean, listen, I think we assume that the Bucks and the Chargers, at least on paper, are better teams. Uh, you know, so you might be starting out this season 0-2 right off the bat. Yeah. The quirky thing about this schedule is they get Washington two games in a three-week span Week 14 and week 16. I'm going to guess that we have the at and the home game reversed because I'm going to guess the week 14 is a Thanksgiving game at Dallas and the week 16 game is actually at Washington. But that's just me editorializing. Am I correct there, Kelly? I'm I'll double check. Either way, that's two games against their division rival, Washington. The other short shot in the NFC East, two games in a three week span, bookending a game at New York. So there's the quirk in that little schedule. Uh, let's go to the next one in the NFC East. Do we have Washington or Philly up next here? Uh, let's move it along here in the NFC East. We'll try to get to both of these teams before the break. This is Washington. Woofed the Washington football team. Their season win total set at eight, Matt. I think that's low. Division odds plus 260. As we mentioned, Washington, a one-and-a-half-point dog to start the season at home against the Chargers. Then it's the quick turnaround, but they get to stay at home to face the Giants on Thursday Night Football. No fun going to play at the Bills and at the Falcons thereafter. That's how they start the season. By in week number nine. Yeah, point and a half dogs in week one to the Chargers. 44 and a half the total there. I think that is as coin flippy a game as you'll get. I think the line's fairly appropriate in that one. That being said, I mean, if this thing holds... You know us. That seems like a teaser special, doesn't it? I mean, that seems, seems like a teaser special uh, to, to come in on, on the Washington football team. It sure does. Yeah, it seems like a teaser leg. Yeah, it seems like a teaser leg for us there. Uh, I mean, whenever you look, you, you think that eight is – you think that eight's a little low. I mean, so we let's assume they split with the Giants. Okay, let's just – again, just for, just for conversation's sake, split yeah. with the Giants. Falcons should be Falcons should be a win unless the Falcons markedly improve, which they could be. Again, Saints are kind of a wild card. That's going to be the weird team as we're breaking down these the schedules and stuff. Is this what version of the Saints are we going to get with Jameis Winston at quarterback? It's hard for us to figure that out, yeah. you know, and without a secondary playmaker really there for Michael Thomas. So let's just assume that's a, that, that's a win three right there. Broncos win, Panthers win, Raiders win. Again, you split with the Cowboys. Let's assume that is a seven. Split with the Eagles there. You're already at eight right there. And then, I mean, I think the Seahawks are very, is, is certainly a very winnable game. A Packers could be a very winnable game. And then again, you, you might sweep one of these interdivision, th- interdivision games as well. So, I mean, yeah, I think eight is 
I think it's appropriately juiced to the over. I think that's I think that's the right way to go with this. Okay, so by the way, clarification, Raiders at Cowboys Thanksgiving, so that means that the uh three-week stretch where they play uh, the Cowboys, Washington, and Dallas is actually accurate uh, the way it was stated. Dallas at Washington first week 14, then Washington uh, travels to Dallas week 16. So neither of those a Thanksgiving game. It's actually the Cowboys Raiders week 12 that is Thanksgiving. We'll do the Eagles, and we'll move on to the rest of the NFC, AFC later. Team-by-team schedules and the quirks within right here on VEASAN's primetime action on MSG+. Plus. 